prayer this morning is, is that he will just help me to, to share what's on my heart. And let me just pray in that regard. Father, thank you uh, that this church is stirred this morning. I sense it uh, just in their worship towards you and, and their affirmation of knowing that we're called into the world to be world changers, and to make a difference and to do that what you have called us to do. Help me today to communicate what's been stirring in my heart for several weeks now, and help me just to be used by you this morning, I pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So I plan on leaving it all here for service. We'll see if we even have a second service. I'm sure God will give me the strength to do it again, amen, but I just want to share with you, and if you were here last Sunday night, uh, some of the content's going to be familiar to you because I can't, I can't get away from this. Uh, it's been three weeks since I spoke on a Sunday morning. And um, it, this has been something that the, the Lord has been depositing into my spirit for the last several weeks, even before that, that I want to share with you um, in regards to uh, being the change. Uh, you know, we are, God, God put that in my spirit a few weeks ago during worship, that we are to be the change. Stop, stop praying about change, stop prophesying change, stop asking for change, and become the change. You know, there's something that's very clear when you read the Sermon on the Mount, and that's that the, the people who love Jesus Christ and his followers have the potential to impact the world. Amen? He, he, he Jesus, referred to us as salt and light, two things that are able to change the very environment in which they live in. That's what Jesus referred to us as, salt and light. If you're a believer of Jesus Christ, you are salt and light. And Jesus' ministry was only three and a half years long, and his disciples took on the mantle to, to carry on the mission, and they changed the course of history. They changed the course of history. We read it. Here is your history book. Read the New Testament. Find out what the disciples were able to accomplish when Jesus called them and said, hey, go do the things that I'm calling you to do. We have the same mission. We have the same message. We have the same Holy Spirit living within us that they had living within them. Amen? We can be world changers too. And that's what I want to talk to you today about, about being the change, about making a difference in our community, in, in, our, in our great city of Las Vegas, amen? amen? Doing something greater than yourself. Doing something God has called you to. I, I, I like to say this, and, and sometimes people don't know how to take this. If what you are doing for the Lord, you can do within your own education, within your own abilities, within your own talents there's a good chance it's insulting to God. I, I say that haphazardly because you can't insult God. God loves you. But God has called you to do more. And if what you are doing is in your abilities to do, it's probably not God's perfect will for your life because God wants you to do something bigger and better than you are able. He might want you to go to Iceland. I don't know. <laughs> Ask Pastor Stu about that. So a couple of weeks ago during, during worship, uh, second, in the second service, the Lord just deposited this, this idea in my spirit, this thought, and it's just been, it's been consuming me. It's been consuming every waking thought. I wake up dreaming 
uh, about the, the potential of this, about the idea of being the change, about making a difference in our city, about being the, the type of ministry, the kind of man or woman of God that God has called me to be that would change and influence a, a, a city. Amen? Do you know that the church, the local church, is the hope of the world? It is. Our young people are the hope of the world. Our older people (laughs) are the hope of the world. You are the hope of the world. Acts chapter 2, verse 17, reads this. And it came to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. I don't like this verse right now because I've been dreaming more than I've been having visions. I think the Lord just called me old-er. But I love this verse because the Spirit of God is, is with us. He's here to use our lives to make a difference in the world. And I love that our young people, like my daughter, like my son, like your kids, and your nephews and grandchildren and are being used of the Lord. See, that is a strong Desire That is a strong part of the ministry that I have for Grapevine Fellowship, is that our young people would take the mantle. I don't plan on doing this for 25 years. I don't. I'm just going to be very honest and very clear with you. I plan on raising up a generation of young people who will take the mantle. I'm not going to be one of those crotchety old pastors not willing to give up the pulpit. No, it's mine until I die. I am not going to be that guy. I want to still have some life in me. I still want to be able to stand behind the young people and and support them and pray for them and and, and pray in the Holy Spirit for them and and release them and and empower them. Come on, somebody. That's the kind of pastor that I want to be. That's the kind of man that God has called me to be. That's the kind of ministry that God has called Grapevine. I think every ministry should be that way. If you're in a church that there's no young people, it's a dead church. The first church of the frigid air, amen, or the frozen chosen. And I don't want to go there, although I wouldn't mind if it was a little cooler because summer's coming, amen. But to be the change, we're going to have to mean it when we, when we say things and we pray things like, send me. And we have to have an understanding of what that really means. What does that really mean when I say, send me, Lord, here am I? <laughs> I can tell you, we can tell you, anybody who's relocated for, for, to serve the Lord can tell you what that's like. Anybody who has changed a career, anyone who has lost a family member, not to death, but because of your faith stance, can understand what it means to be sent. Amen? You understand the, 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 the depth of the statement that I want to preach to you today about being sent into all the world. Isaiah chapter 6 it says this, I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. I have been praying that since the first day I read that verse or the first time it was preached to me as a young baby Christian. 
Send me, Lord, send me. And I really didn't understand the impact or what I was saying or what I was communicating to God when I said it. And I don't even know if I'm perfectly clear on it today, but I'm willing to say it. John 17, verse 18 in the New Living Translation says, Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world also. This was Jesus speaking. See, we have been sent into the world to make a difference, to do something, to get off of our southern hemispheres, amen? To get off of our to-do-nothings and do something for Jesus. And the Great Commission, Matthew Matthew 20, verses 18 through 20, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. You know, when, when I read verses like this, when I, when I think about texts like this, about going and, and, and doing what God's called me to do, I often think about missionaries. I think about people like Stu, Pastor Stu, who's being called in. And, and it's up, applicable. It is. It is, but it doesn't just mean that. Send me's not about just that. It's more about a place in our heart, people, than a place we go to. It's more about, about, about a willingness to do God's will, a desire to do the things that God has called you to do, than it is about going somewhere. If it was about going somewhere, I'd be preaching this on the beach somewhere. Because if it was my desire, I would be on the beach. I will be tomorrow, Yes. I would be living there if it was about my desires. But it's not about. It's, it's send me, Lord. And if that means Las Vegas, Nevada, I'll go. If that, means, if that means Iceland, I'll go. If that means Zimbabwe, wherever the heck that is, I'll go. I'll go. The moment you came to Jesus Christ, God immediately sent you into the world. It's a hard thing. I'm preaching to you about a hard thing today. How do you know that you're living a sent life? How do you know? I'll tell you. And we're talking about this already. Number one, the position of your heart will tell you if you're living a sent life. Now, I gave this example Sunday night. And it's really even more prevalent after playing some softball yesterday. But the illustration that I have is, is, how many of you ever played baseball? I played, I played Little League for seven years, and I played softball for several years. And so one of the first things they teach you as a little kid is if you get on first base, to steal second base, you have to, you have to lean. You have to position yourself. Like, if that's second base, I'm not going to stand here looking at the pitcher if I know I'm stealing the bag. And I'm sure not going to be leaning back towards first base or I'm going to be thrown out. But you have to have your body position leaning towards second base. You have to be committed because a ball thrown is a lot faster than you and I could run. Except for maybe John. I saw that guy run. He looked like a bullet yesterday. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a position of your heart. Some people have taken three steps off first base, but they haven't changed their body position yet. Here am I, Lord, send me still leaning towards first because they know that the enemy's got ready to try to throw them out. And we're living in fear. God has not called us to live in fear. God has 
looking for people who, who has positioned their heart to lean towards second base, to lean towards him, to lean towards a sent life. Does that mean you're going to have to leave Nevada? No, not necessarily. Maybe, yes, I don't know. Take it up with God. If he gives me a word for you, I'll tell you. Amen? Second Chronicles 16, verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. See, that is a, that is a sending scripture. If your heart is loyal towards the Lord, if your, if your heart is leaning towards the things of God, not so much leaning into my old life or my own agenda or my career. There's nothing wrong with your career. There's nothing wrong with pursuing education. There's nothing wrong with those things. But, but is your heart gravitating towards the Lord? That's the question we have to ask ourselves today. And I apologize to you if you weren't told this when you first gave your life to the Lord. And, and I pray it doesn't make you want to change your mind. But when you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to a lifelong commitment to him. We need to be telling you that. If you give your life to Jesus, you're saying, yes, I'm committed to you, Lord. See, he committed first, did he not? When he died on the cross, he, he showed his commitment. He leaned towards you. But now we need to lean towards him. Second Peter chapter 1. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Listen, be diligent about the call of God on your life. Be, don't be hesitant. Don't be leaning towards the old world. Don't be leaning towards first base. Lean into God. What is that? What is it, Lord? Make your election and your call sure, because if you do these things, and if you go back, I'm not going to bring these verses to you, but highlight these in your Bible. Verses 5 through 7 talk about adding to faith virtue and knowledge and self-control, perseverance, godliness, and brotherly kindness. These are the Christian life, amen? Those don't have anything to do with anything else but serving God, giving your life to Him. God will supply every need that you have to do His work, to do His work. If he has called you to do something, he will provide for you. But you have to shift your body position. If you're still thinking, I'm going to serve the Lord, but I'm going to make all my money first. You got it backwards. You got, I'm going to serve the Lord, but I'm going to get my bachelor's degree. I'm going to get my master's degree. I'm going to get my doctorate first. No, it's and also. It's and also. I'm not saying stop doing these. I'm just saying it's and also. Serve him now while you do these things. While Jesus was in the garden facing the most difficult challenges of his life and facing the most difficult challenges of your life, he told his father, all I want is your will to be done. Jesus knew what he was facing. And that should be our heart, too. All I want, Lord, is your will to be done in my life. I got a picture for you. You guys are familiar with this, with this prayer. Let's, let's say this prayer together. It's the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth 
as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I wonder if anybody here today would be bold enough to really pray that. To, to really pray that prayer, to really, from the depth of their soul, from the depth of their heart, really pray and study that thing out and, 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 and look at what you're, oh, we recite it all the time at AA and NA meetings, right? We, we recite it all the time. Everybody on the planet seems to know the Lord's Prayer, but do we know the Lord's Prayer? See, this is a send me prayer. This is not my stuff be done, God. This is your will. Whatever that looks like, your kingdom come, not my kingdom, Amen. Not, not what I need, what, not what I desire. Not, 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 this is not a kumbaya thing. This is a very serious prayer when we break it down. And I'm not going to take the time. I'm, I'm going to encourage you to study it out, pray it out, and think about what you're asking the Lord. Oh, yeah, deliver me from evil. That's a good one. But there's a whole lot more in that. Send me has everything to do with the position of your heart. Number two, we need to get a perspective of the call of God on our life. See, a lot of people are, are waiting, and there's a lot of talk in the church about what we're going to do tomorrow, what we're going to do when the, when the financing is right, what are we going to do when, when all of our ducks are in a row, what are we going to do when I'm talented enough and anointed enough and, and good-looking enough? I know I got that one covered. That's okay. But... Right, baby? Got a thumbs up. There you go. She's the only one I want to know the answer to that question about. But what's going to happen now? See, send me, send me is not a prayer about doing something later. It's about, it's about doing something now. It's about saying, yes, now, Lord. Do this in my life today. Jesus didn't say, go when you're ready. Go when you feel like it. He simply commanded us to go, to go into all the world. And in Luke 14, he gave us a parable. He said, the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Grapevine's growing, but if we, were, if we were living a sent life, this place would be packed. There would be standing room only because we'd be compelling people to come. We would, we'd, be, we'd be selling Jesus, amen? We would be so passionate about what God is doing in our life. I'm not saying you have to sell Jesus because he's sellable all by himself. The things that he has done in my life is sellable, amen? There's things that he's done in my life that people on the street are looking for, amen? And he's the same Jesus to everybody else. He didn't just do that for me. He wants to do it for everybody on this planet, amen? He wants to set him free. He wants to remove him from drug addiction. He wants to remove him from alcoholism. He wants to help you quit smoking. He wants to help you quit cussing. He wants to help you quit womanizing and manizing and, and doing all the things that you don't want to be doing that you find yourself doing anyway every once in a while, amen? Especially those of us that were before Christ. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He's, he's not changing. He, he is steadfast in what he wants to accomplish. And he wants to use people like me. <laughs> you ever just sit there sometimes and think, God, really? <laughs> me. Really? Really? I mean, I mean, you know, Lord, right? You know, you know what I know that probably nobody, maybe even my wife, there's things that she don't know because 
I'd be too embarrassed to talk about him. But you know, Lord. Yeah, you, Ron. Yeah, you. Jesus gave some simple instructions to his disciples before the, before the, uh, before the Lord's Prayer. It's in Luke chapter 10. Verse 9, he said, heal the sick, say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. See, my spirit has been consumed with this ever since then, that, 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 that I, this is how the Lord told me, I didn't send you to grapevine to build grapevine. I sent you to build a kingdom. I sent you to be, a, a, to be the change in a city, in an environment, in a, in, a, in a location. I didn't call you to build a church. I called you to build a kingdom. The beautiful thing about that is if we build the kingdom, the church will grow. It will be built. Amen. So it's not like we're neglecting the grapevine, but our focus, the ascend me, ascend me prayer to be the change. We have to focus on the kingdom. And the kingdom isn't all about grapevine. The kingdom has to do with a lot of other churches in this valley. A lot of other Christians, a lot of other people. It has to do with those that are on the street that aren't sitting in the four walls of the church this morning. That's the kingdom. That's what's come near. They're so near, they're walking down our sidewalk every day. The kingdom of God is on Nellis right here every day. The kingdom of God is in the grocery stores you shop at. It's in, it's in, it's in, the, it's in the workplaces you go to. Being the change, it, it's not about doing good things to accomplish things. It's about being available right now. Right now. It's about doing what is right in front of you. See, Jesus said, go. Go do it. Go do it. Pastor Kerry and I were planning our first church, and I had only been a Christian three and a half years. That's it. Three and a half years. Before that, nothing. Didn't know who Jesus was. Heard of him, couldn't even spell his name. You're laughing, but it's true. You're laughing, but it's true. I had a box of Christmas stuff, and I had a manger scene in there, and I put baby Jesus, and I spelt it J-E-S-S-U-S because I didn't know how to spell Jesus because I had never been to church before. But in three and a half years, I was saying, yes, Lord. Was I ready? Heck no. And was people telling me, yeah, they told me, you're not ready. But who, who called me? See, there are a couple people that I depended on. My pastor was one, and our spiritual leader of the dom- domination we, be- we belonged to at the time. And they said, yeah, we, tr- we believe in you. What are we waiting for? Did I make some mistakes? Yeah. Am I still making mistakes? Yeah. God doesn't care about our mistakes. When we're serving him and our heart is gravitated, listen, that's the difference. When our heart is leaning towards him and we make mistakes, there's nothing he can't do to clean it up. If our, if our heart is still leaning this way and we make mistakes, sometimes that causes trouble, amen? Sometimes that gives a bad reputation to the kingdom. Sometimes that gives us a bad reputation as representatives of Jesus Christ. But when we're leaning this way, and we're leaning into the things of God, and we're saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yeah, I'll go, I'll go. I don't know what I'm doing yet. And God says, good, because I'll tell you when you get there. 
I'll, I'll let you know when you get there what it is I want you to do, but would you just go, would you just lean? People in this room experienced a tug on your heart years ago, a call of God on your life. Maybe it was, maybe it was even confirmed through the prophetic, and you're still waiting. When I retire, when I have the savings account that I feel like I'm supposed to have, when I have the right education, God is saying, what about the kingdom? What about those who are dying around you? I love the fact that when Jesus called us to go in the Great Commission in verse 20, he reminded us of something. He said, I'm with you. See, I'm with you. See, praying prayers like this and, 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 and being bold enough to say, send me, and, and, and being bold enough to sing songs like the anthem, I am royalty, I can change the world. Come on. That is not unbiblical. Yes, you can change the world. One person can make a difference in the world. One person. One person who would say yes to the Lord and give their life completely to God can change the course of history. I read it here over and over and over again. And I've seen it happen even in my own life over and over and over again. I have had the privilege of leading literally thousands of people to the Lord. I'm not saying they wouldn't have came if I wasn't the vessel that he used. I'm just grateful that I was the vessel because I said yes and I leaned towards him. Amen? It's not all about me. Can God get his work done without me? Absolutely. Can he get his done work without you? Absolutely. You can keep saying no, and he'll still get his work done. But I, for one, want to be one that leans towards him and says yes. I want to be that guy. I'm willing to be that guy. If it takes me to Zimbabwe, I don't care. Somebody look that up on a map for me because I have a feeling I might get sent there if I keep talking like this. No, actually, actually, God only sends me places I say no, like Las Vegas. No, I ain't going there. Guess what? No. You'll never have enough money. You'll never be good enough. You'll, you'll never be able to, to do what God is asking you to do if you're waiting for all the things to be in place. The kingdom of God is too big to wait on you. There's too much work to be done in the kingdom of God for God to sit around waiting. Well, we'll let those get saved when that guy's ready to do what I've asked him to do. No, God is not waiting on us. He's calling us. He's encouraging us. He's, he's, he's drawing us by his spirit. He's anointing us. Don't you love that? That's where the talent comes in is God's anointing. Matthew six thirty three. we rehearse this verse so much, but it's so powerful. Seek first what? The kingdom, the kingdom, seek first, build grapevine. No, seek first the kingdom of God. No, seek first your education. No, seek first the kingdom. Seek first, fill up your bank account so that you can finance the kingdom. No, God says, I got all the money you need. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all the other stuff's going to be added to you. He'll add it to you. I started ministry as a 10th grade dropout. Now I have a college degree. But I started ministry as a 10th grade dropout, learning to read by reading the Bible. And God worked those things out. He added to me. He added a degree to me. He added, he, added, he added things to me. He gave me a wife. He gave me children. I had said yes before any of that. Well, I'll serve the Lord when I get the right helpmate, whatever. 
You might not ever get that helpmate. You might be Paul and have the gift of singleness. Ooh. We're not going to preach that one, okay? But, but here's what I'll say about that. Here's what I'll say about that. As a 32-year-old assistant pastor in a church, I, I desired to be married. I did. I wanted to be married. I wanted to have kids. I wanted a family. And it wasn't happening. And I was hurt. And I was a little angry with God at times. I even was engaged to my pastor's daughter for a season, which she was like 20-something years younger than me, which was weird. (laughs) No, she wasn't that much younger than me. I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. But I was engaged to her, and and she broke my heart. And she broke my heart. But here's what happened through that. Is, is I dedicated my life to the Lord. I said, God, if you called me to be single, if I'm to be single the rest of my life, so be it. And when I had stopped chasing women, and I wasn't doing it inappropriately, don't get me wrong, when I stopped worrying about having a wife, having a helpmate, having a spouse, was the minute Pastor Kerry walked in the door. I, I just helped somebody, whoever you are, I just helped you. You needed to know that because, because if you pick it, and you've done this before, you know I'm telling the truth, you'll pick the wrong one. Let God pick her or him for you. We need to take serious the calling of God on our life. We need to stop running, we need to stop hiding, and we need to start doing. Amen? Here's the last one. He gives you the power to live it out. Not money to finance it, right? Not, Not an education to appraise it. Not talent to make it happen. But he said in Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See the Greek word for power there, you've probably heard this before, it's dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite from. It means divine power that overcomes all resistance. Don't you need a little help with some of the resistance? This word is is used in the New Testament 120 times. There is power available to you and I. And not power to glorify yourself, not power to make yourself look good, but power to bring the kingdom of God, to be witnesses of Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. That's what we're called to do. We need to pray. Listen. We need to pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, Pastor Ron said ghost. Holy Spirit, same thing. Don't get, don't get weird on me. And wherever you are, go. Wherever you are, go. Have a heart of go. Have a heart of sin. Have a heart leaning wherever you are. Whatever it is you're doing. I'm not saying stop doing what it is you're doing. I'm just saying change the position of your heart. Lean towards God. Be willing. Be a willing vessel. Here am I, remember? Here am I. How many would pray that prayer now that I've preached this message? Only two hands, huh? It's a little bit more of a challenge when you, when you understand what's saying, here am I, Lord, send me. And I, I know, I'm just giving, I'm busting your chops. But it is something to think about. Things are escalating to the end of times, and, and Jesus said, all authority I've given to you. And Romans 8, 11 says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, who raised Christ from the dead will also give you, give life to your mortal bodies through the, his spirit who dwells in you. Sorry, I'm not reading well today, but 
The bottom line is he's given us spirit. He's given us power to do the things he's called us to do. When you, when you pray, send me prayers. When you live a life of being sent, when you live a life that is conducive of being the change in the world around you, he gives you power. He gives you the type of power that raises the dead. Come on, somebody. Maybe physically, yeah. I'm talking more spiritually. But I've, I've seen stories and I've known people who have been in, in crusades where the dead was raised. Amen? I'm not here to judge it. I wasn't there. I can't say. I believe it, though, because Jesus did it and the disciples did it. And he said, you, the things I'm doing, you can do even greater. He'll give you power to heal sick. Call the, call the elders together and anoint with oil. Pray for the healing. He'll give you power to set captives free. He'll give you power to break yokes and chains. We sang all these songs. I already typed this message up before the songs came through. He gives you power to change the world. We've got the Holy Spirit in our lives to do what God has called us to do. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to be worried. We don't have to worry about all the, all the things that the world says have to be in place. God said, go. Do what I've called you to do. Love me, and I'll be with you, and you're not going to be alone. And I closed it this way last time. When you're being sent, resistance will always come. But Star Trek said, resistance is futile. And so did the Holy Ghost, amen? Because Jesus said, I'll always be with you. I'll always be with you. If this has resonated with you, would you just stand to your feet? If you would say, you're bold enough to pray a prayer like, send me, or, or Lord, I, I, I would like to be the change. If you realize that, that God uses people like you and me, no matter where we are in our status of life, wow, okay, it's unanimous. See, that's the kind of church I want to pastor where people just say, I, I just want to lean towards Jesus. I just want to lean towards Jesus. And, and like that video we showed, man, it, it'll get messy. It gets messy sometimes. We don't always do it perfect, man. God's not looking for perfection. He's the only perfect one. And so if it gets a little messy and if it gets a little strange and if it gets a little difficult, if it gets a little uh, out of your understanding, it's okay. Remember that, that God is with you even to the end of the age. He's not going to leave you hanging. He's not going to leave you stranded. He's going he's to clean up any mess you might happen to make serving him. He's, gonna, he, he's not afraid of who you are, where you are, how anointed you are, how talented. He's not afraid of any of that. He says, I choose you, and I chose you before the foundation of the world. Jesus, if this is real, if I'm not just dreaming some kind of dream, but every body in this church is standing to say, send me, I have a feeling, Lord, we're on the brink of revival. We're on the brink of seeing the greatest move of God that this church has ever seen. And there's been some great moves here. I've heard the stories. That's why I'm humbled to be called to this fellowship, to serve here. Lord, we say yes to you. We say yes to Jesus. We lean towards you. 
just in your heart, make a shift right now. If, if there's been some things in the world that you have been gravitating towards, and it happens, trust me, to all of us, shift your position right now towards Jesus. Trust him to bring the increase where it's needed and prune away where it's not. And if there's anybody here this morning that doesn't know Jesus, maybe you've never given your life to the Lord, I'd like to give you an opportunity to say yes to him. Because you have to say yes to him and have him be part of your life before you can say yes to a call of God on your life being sent. And is there anybody here that would say, Pastor, just raise your hand if, if the Lord's not in your life, if you've never given your life to Jesus. I thought I recognized everybody. 